We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's guest is very, very funny. She was on Ground Floor, which was a TBS show. Rest in peace. She currently writes on a show called Barry. Ooh, it's Emily Heller. Hi. Hello. Oh, Emily. I adore you. I adore you as well. I think you're very, very funny. And I remember our first long interaction. It was at Rutgers University. Oh, right. We had a show together, a college huh? show. Yes. And you were opening for me, even though that's dumb, <laughs> because you had been doing stand-up for so much longer than me. I think it was truly my third stand-up show, but yeah. I've been doing Girl Code. It was then, a Girl Code show that like yes. Alice had dropped out of, yes. and I got added to it. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I was so nervous, because I was like, so Emily's going to go up there for, I think I had to do 45 Well, minutes? so yeah, it was like, I was going to do 15, you were going to do 45, and then you were like, let's ask them if we can switch. <laughs> yes. And they were like, no. Absolutely not. You cannot. And I was like, Everyone okay, is here to see Nicole. <laughs> all right. And then I was so worried about you crushing, and then me getting on the stage and being like, okay, um, I don't know. <laughs> you were seriously like, I have 10 minutes of jokes. I don't know. Where. <laughs> and then you went up for half an hour and crushed for a solid half hour. But I don't know. But looking back at those jokes, a lot of them were like very much first drafts. Or like, yeah, but just like, still. I don't know, uh, here's a tweet. <laughs> I just feel like my first drafts eat shit. So <laughs> that's why I write so much. <laughs> uh, it so, was a very, and you sat on the floor and you were very nice. And I said, can you please tell me when I hit a half hour? And then 
because I wasn't recording it or maybe I was, but then I was like, Emily, did I do it? And you were like, yes. <laughs> well, because you were like supposed to do a half hour and you were worried mm-hmm. you were going to go under. Yeah. You, so I think of you as my little comedy fairy godmother. I don't Aww. think I've ever told you that. Oh, that's nice. Because you were, and then you. Well, I love telling people what to do. So <laughs> that, this dynamic is really going to work out. <laughs> well, you also told me after that show, you were like, don't do that. So I used to open with a joke where I would be like, oh yeah, talk like that. And I go, just kidding. I don't sound like that. And you're like, don't do that anymore. And I was like, why? And you're like, I've heard it. And then I like kept doing it. And then I heard someone do it. And I was like, Emily was right. Yeah. I have to always listen to Emily. (laughs) Oh, you're the only person who's ever really learned that lesson. (laughs) So many people had the opportunity. I I mean, like my curse is that I have watched so much stand-up comedy because I used to work at a comedy company. So it's like... Oh, really? Yeah. I I worked at Rooftop Comedy and part of my job was watching like not not like national headliners Mm -hmm. all the time, but like feature acts and open Ah. mics and stuff like that. So I have a weird encyclopedic knowledge of like just okay comedians (laughs) 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 and like their acts. So if someone's doing something like hacky, I usually can be like, oh, I know the exact feature act from Appleton, Wisconsin, who tells that joke. That is crazy it's a weird thing and to... i love it <laughs> well and it also meant like when i moved to new york like all of the people who were like in the open mm-hmm. mic scene who had moved there from their local scenes i was like yeah i've watched your full hour <laughs> like i'm the only person who knows who you are <laughs> that's so funny to know feature acts and openers it was a weird thing i mean it's nice because like a lot of them it's been cool to like watch their careers mm-hmm. and like a lot of them have gone on to do really awesome stuff and uh i feel like it gave me a lot of information but at the same time it is like i'm always like should i tell that person that someone else has that joke (laughs) you know i think it is helpful i think it's really helpful to hear uh because then you can tweak and fix it and the only reason why i was doing it was it was an excuse for me to to do a monique impersonation (laughs) and how else are you going to sneak that in there i I mean here's the thing there's a lot of times when someone's doing a joke that other people are doing it's because it's a good joke it's Mm -hmm. not always because it's hacky it's because it's like oh that fucking works Mm -hmm. you know um and it is like every comedian feels the need to like start by addressing how they think the audience perceives them too Mm -hmm. and so it's there are only so many takes on that you're right And it is funny that that's the thing that you want to open with. I was watching Ryan Hamilton's special. So fucking good. Delightful. He's such a delightful. I had never seen him before. Oh, I'm bad at so great. Like studying comedy. I just spent two weeks with him in Melbourne at the Melbourne Festival. So I was like watching his act every night for like two Mm -hmm. weeks and just. What a fucking joy that man is. He's such a joy. And uh, what is he opens with like a... <laughs> he's like, let's start with my face, shall yes. we? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you don't want me at a funeral. And <laughs> it's it's great. It's so funny because... And it's so specific to his face. Because he just has a really jovial is. smile all the time. Oh, comedy. Comedy's fun, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> no. This podcast is about pain. It's about pain <laughs> and sadness. Honestly, kind of. It's about why I'm so single. And I'm on Tinder, and I'm on Bumble, and I'm on Hinge, and Raya rejected me. Fucking and- <laughs> Raya, man. 
I think I'm too fat and black for it. I think that's probably it. Yeah, I honestly think that's I'm what it is. I'm validating you right Thank now. Thank you. Because some people have been like, no, Nicole. I'm like, no. Uh, our mutual friend Eliza is on it, and she let me see some of the people on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely too fat and black. Like, I think <laughs> if someone swiped and saw me, they go, no, I thought this was our special place. <laughs> it's such a bummer. I, ugh, I mean... Obviously, I think we've talked about this, and I'm sure someone else on this podcast has talked about the like the old OK Cupid blogs where they analyzed their no, we statistics. have not talked about it. Oh, and and no one's mentioned it. I used to be obsessed with this. They took them down, I think, because they wanted to. I think like they got a book deal, um, and they're like releasing a book about it. I don't remember what happened, but like back in the day, I used to be really into reading the OK Cupid blog because. They have a bunch of statisticians working there, mm-hmm. and they were really into analyzing the statistics of the website. So it wasn't just like self-reported like surveys. It was like, mm-hmm. no, we have actual data on not only who people say they're interested in, but also who they actually message, oh. who they actually respond to, and how that correlates with like how good of a match they are. So like they can tell when people are matching people when people are messaging people who are not a good match, but mm-hmm. because of other demographic factors. And they did an entire blog post about race mm-hmm. showing like who gets the most messages adjusted for like how many you should be getting based on your match percentage and your like Ooh, rating and things like that. And uh, surprise, surprise, black women get the least messages. <laughs> uh, Nobody wants us. It's called, wait, it's, what's it called? Misogynoir. Oh. Have you heard that term? No, it's this like is fun. Specific, a specific term about like misogyny against black women. Like oh. the combination of like. Well, I know Racism and misogyny. currently nobody believes us. And uh, <laughs> that's a current thing that people are like, yeah, nobody believes black women. It's like, yeah, duh. It's been a thing for forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so it's now a, it's nobody a pervasive. Wants to date us. Yeah. Who and gets the most messages? Do you remember? Um, I think it was like Middle Eastern women. Interesting. And then for men, it was like white men get the most messages mm-hmm. and then Asian men get the least. Oh, that's a bummer. So yeah. Asian men and black women, we should we should get together. Hook it up. We should say, nobody wants us. What was that movie with Aaliyah and Jelly? Ooh, <laughs> that was Queen of the Damned? No. Uh, yes. It, it might have been. an Anne Rice novel. Yeah, I don't know. It was the one with, but first you don't succeed. Dust yourself off and try again. Try again. Anyway, that should be the model. <laughs> that's There are two very underappreciated and extremely sexy groups of people Mm -hmm. that should be getting together. Interesting. Well, I mean, I get why white men would be the most messaged, but I'm surprised that it's Asian women who are the most messaged, not white women. Oh, no, it's it's Middle Eastern women. Oh, sorry, you said Middle Eastern. Yeah. Middle Eastern women. Oh, I guess I get that. They're very pretty. Yeah, well, and sometimes it's hard to tell because, like... Uh, if there are less Middle Eastern women than like white women, then those mm-hmm. statistics can be more easily skewed. Um, so who knows? And who knows what the? But anyway, those blogs are really interesting. They came out like ten years ago, so the data is mm-hmm. probably different now. Um, but I found that really interesting because it really kind of gets to like the honest answers of like mm-hmm. what people are actually, how people's racism actually affects their dating life. Interesting. My mother used to always say, she would always be like, you shouldn't get stuck on these little white boys because they're not going to take you home to their mothers. 
And I'd be like, that's Ooh. not nice. But then now that I've grown up, I'm like, oh, no, she, no, she was onto something. <laughs> she yeah. was just trying to prep me for... She would say a lot of things and I'd be like, no, mom. But I forgot, or not forgot, I just never took into consideration that she grew up in Mississippi and then moved to Chicago, which is the most successfully segregated city, I think. Oh, yeah. And I just, it never, and then she moved to an all-white town in New Jersey and it never, I never mapped or tracked that, like, her life to be like, oh, this is why this woman is arriving to these conclusions. It's weird how we don't think about that with our parents. Yes. Like, it's not until we're adults and we have had mm-hmm. our own journeys where we're like, hey, wait a minute, you're also a person. <laughs> why are you like that? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, I wish I'd known that. But when you're a kid, you're just like, no, you are here yeah. to give birth to me. You give me macaroni and you're saying dumb things. <laughs> and when I go to sleep, you don't do anything. You don't do anything. <laughs> And also, you won't let me have a pool. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. My mother would not get a pool. Specifically because she said I, I would- like how you said that like it's a genuine <laughs> thing that you are allowed to be mad at. <laughs> I am. And she had a whole excuse. I was like, I want a pool. And she was like, no. And, no, actually, she was like, maybe. Because we had room for it. Uh-huh. And then she came back and she said, your dad and I talked. We're not going to get a pool. And I was like, Why? And she said, because you're not going to follow the rules. I said, I will follow the rules. And she said, no. I would say, don't go swimming alone. And you'd probably line up your stuffed animals and say, I'm not alone. And in that moment, I was like, that woman knows me so well. (laughs) She knows exactly everything I would do. She's right. I would absolutely do that. Or be like, there was a deer outside. And now you have your own pool. And now I have my own fucking pool, and she could suck it. (laughs) Oh, God. That's not nice. She did. Anywho... (laughs) Did you meet your boyfriend on a dating app? Um, I did. I met my boyfriend on OkCupid. Oh, you did? Yeah. How many years ago, though? Two, um, three? Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, it was, our anniversary was in August, so yeah. I feel like that is just about when OkCupid jumped the shark for me. Really? Yes, because right now, I feel like Tinder's filled with riffraff, and then OkCupid is like, the just like the swamp of the riffraff. <laughs> I, I will say oh. it was like he and I actually initially messaged on Tinder oh. and it didn't really go anywhere. But then when I saw him on OkCupid, there was so much more information. And mm-hmm. also there's like the match percentage. And like I had been on OkCupid for a while and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should definitely go out with this guy because oh. he's like literally my checklist <laughs> like That's of what I was sweet. looking for. Yeah. Is it sweet or, like, weird and calculating? <laughs> but uh, either way. Well, I feel like online dating is inherently calculating. Yes. Because you're like, we matched. Okay, that means we both like each other. Oh, let me read your profile. Okay, so I see that. Yeah, it's like little steps. So w- you spoke on Tinder first for a long time or a short time? No, just, like, we exchanged a few messages for a few weeks, and then I, like... um ended up getting off tinder and like and did he message you first or did you message message him on tinder i mm-hmm. don't remember mm. but like you know we matched and then on okay keep it i messaged him and i was like ah. hey remember me sorry <laughs> uh, i was like tinder kicked me off which they did but that wait but what? later well because when i like got rid of my facebook account that's oh, what was linked yes, and then yes, they were yes. like you don't exist mm-hmm. um and i was like well that's fine goodbye forever <laughs> Well, now Tinder's coming up. You don't need a Facebook account. One, two, you can swipe on your desktop. 
<laughs> okay. Which is wild. Yeah. I would love to go into a library and see someone just clicking oh, on Tinder. <laughs> you definitely will, if uh, not porn. <laughs> my favorite is someone watching porn in public. Oh, my God. Because yeah. it's honestly like you can't wait till you get home. Well, it's people without homes sometimes. Oh, you're right. You yeah. got to watch the porn in the street. Or the people who don't, home. Yeah, don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> they got to put it in the spank bank for later. I guess so. There was a an open mic we used to do in San Francisco that was at a laundromat cafe mm-hmm. that had like public computers that you had to stand up to use so that people wouldn't use them for too, young, too long. Uh-huh. And Definitely saw a lot of people looking at porn on them. Just at like 7 p.m. on a Thursday. Uh, that's so weird. Porn for me is a home time thing. And then even so, like sometimes I'll watch porn and get so sad for everybody involved. <laughs> like not even just the woman. I'm like, oh, I don't know if he wants to be there either. He's like, he's like, call me daddy. And I'm like, D- is that honestly what you want? You want to be called daddy? I can only watch cartoon porn for that very reason because well, i or scenes from movies okay. where i know that how that they're getting paid a lot of money mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i like uh unfaithful is a pretty steamy movie oh i haven't seen that Ooh, it's good i think it's diane lane and then this beautiful maybe hispanic man <laughs> i just know he's i like, like how you're like i love it i've never looked at the imdb <laughs> <laughs> not one time <laughs> But it's very steamy. <laughs> After this comes out, people are going to be like, the star meter is going up on this. <laughs> I don't know I, how that works. <laughs> I, star meter, I don't know either. Because does that mean someone is like, has a Google alert on every fucking person on IMDb? Like, how do you calculate well, star like meters? Probably the people at IMDb have like um, a record of like how many people are searching for the names oh, per day. Oh, interesting. But even that. I don't know. Someone call in. Uh, Is this a call-in show? Let's see. Okay, if you work for IMDb or know how IMDb works, you can email me at baconcansave. No, wait. Yes. Bacon is good? No, baconcansave at (laughs) gmail.com. That's my uh, email that I just give out. Yeah. It's good to have one of those. Yeah, I'm like, whatever. You can... Sometimes to... people email me compliments, so, <laughs> so I'll just look at it when I'm saying, oh, that's good. I go, okay, people do like me. Yeah, people like you. Well, the internet tells me different. Yeah. I just went on a Tinder date with a man. I would say his name, but that's not nice. But okay, his first picture, I'll let you swipe through it. Yes. Oh, God, it's been so long. His first picture, I was like, this man might be attractive. <laughs> and I love that guessing game of like I can't tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's black and white. He might yeah. be cute. Swipe. Swipe to the right or the left? I don't know. Okay, to the right. Yeah. But okay. then you're like, no, because oh. it's a face on picture. And I wasn't here for that. Okay, but I just got to the end. Yes, he tricked yeah. me. He tricked me. What do you so mean? in that last picture, his body is out, he's shirtless, he's touching the ceiling. But if you look in the background, the ceiling and the door are the same height, meaning it's a very low ceiling. So you thought he was taller so than So I he is. thought he was way taller. I thought he was like six, 
Six four, six five, eight feet tall. <laughs> cool. What? That's not a trickery. There are things in this photo for scale. <laughs> but when you're touching a ceiling, that means to me you are so tall. But then I was like, oh, I guess he touched the ceiling because the ceiling was so small. So but- <laughs> how, how tall was he? He was like five five. But also, I have very bad death perception, so he could have been a little taller. But to me, he was like five five. I'm five four. Does that put things in perspective yes, okay. for you? Yes, okay, so he was like your height. Yeah, he oh, was okay. like 5'5". Five, five. All right. And he had a slight stutter, and there's nothing wrong with a stutter, but he was so boring. He was the most boring. That's unforgivable. Everything yes. else, literally, anything about yes. your body is forgivable. Very forgivable. I was uh, not shocked, but like just like taken aback at how small he was, because like even his features, were, he was just a small man. And that's you fine. You can't tell that in the pictures. That's No. Yeah. And you know, going into a Tinder date that it's essentially a blind date. And he, in the beginning, so we go to this bar in Atwater. And the bartender, he ordered my drink before I got there. And then the bartender was like $16. He goes, okay. Hands him a card. The bartender says, cash only. So then he extends his hand further with the card. And the bartender goes, hey, man cash only so then he like retracts the card and then (laughs) slowly reaches it out again and i was like oh no does he like not understand words what is happening so i just pulled twenty dollars out of my purse and gave it to him and he goes thank you and then gave me my four dollars back and it was on the bar and i was like do you want to go sit and then he picks up the money and hands it to me and i was like oh no i want him to have it so then he puts two dollars down and then hands me the other two and i went oh no just give it all to him and he was like wow and I was like okay and then that was the first thing where I was like okay that's very strange and then there was too many lulls in the conversation I don't know you well enough to just sit in a comfortable silence because it's you're it's I'm uncomfortable do you go into that with some like prepared like topics of conversation that you know you can go for a while on not prepared things but i like well i have like go-to things yeah i don't like soup so I'll talk about- <laughs> i don't know why you think you're gonna be able to talk about that for a long time that is a four-word conversation i mean i was going for a while about how soup is trash and how i don't like it and it's bad and i don't get why people like it and but then, then was he like i like soup no he said i i i don't want want to say that you're negative but you're negative. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, is there anything in this world that you hate? And he said, injustice. And I was like, okay. Uh. (laughs) I was like, cool. Cool. So then I said, me too. I hate injustice. I hate the injustice (laughs) of soup being served in restaurants. (laughs) And he didn't laugh. And that's when I was like, okay, this is done. Like, oh, I, yeah. That was very funny that I brought it back to Sue. <laughs> yeah, that was a a great line. And if he can't appreciate that, nope, that relationship is doomed. So uh, then in the bar. Men are so unfunny. <laughs> he was like, the, he was just so boring. And he, so we were sitting in a, a clear view of a back door. And on the way to the back door is a bathroom. And I was like, but what if I like go to the bathroom? And then leave. (laughs) 
but I was like, I can't do that. Oh, no. That is so mean. So then I was just like, okay, ah, we're done with our drinks. I'll leave after this drink. And because we'd only been there for like 20 minutes, maybe oh, a half yeah. hour. You got to stick it out at least 45. That, yeah. And then he was like, do you want to go somewhere that takes cards? And I was like, this is your out. This is your out. Oh, also, I ran into a friend. My friend Deb had walked past and I was like, Deb, hi, how are you? Um, I was like, I will do your podcast. Do you want to talk about dates now? She was like, oh, I'll email you. And I went, okay. <laughs> and then when I saw her today, I was like, I want you to take me away. I want you to have an emergency. Oh, man. And she was like, I didn't know. She was like, I, I didn't know if I was interrupting. And I was like, I would have loved the interruption. But anyway. Nicole, how do you not go into this with a, like, uh, I might have to go to my friend's going away party. Oh, I don't. I guess I should have said that. I live in Atwater. You can always text me and be like, you have to have a friend on call being like, hey, it's going bad. I need you to text me and say, you know, or whatever. I guess I should start doing that because the last time I lied to a man, okay, I've lied to two men. And I felt very bad about it. Oh, you're just a bad liar. Oh, yes. Very bad. I had one, one where... We had a a bad dinner, and then we were supposed to go mini golfing, and he smelled like a dish rag. And I was like, I can't. Oh man, continue. Smell good. It's just this. the easiest thing you can do. So easy to just take a fucking shower before a and date. I say this as a very smelly person with no <laughs> no leg to stand on. But he just oh, it was terrible. So then I told him. I like kept talking about work because I was like, I'll never see this person again. I don't care if you know what I do. So then. Uh, he, we were like walking to our cars to go mini golfing. And I was like, oh my goodness, my showrunner's calling me. Hello? Oh, Christine. Oh my. You need a script when? 8 a.m. <laughs> very poorly acted. And like, if he knew anything about television, nobody needs a script at 8 a.m. Like yeah. not one person ever. And I was like, oh no. And then also he was so far away that he didn't even hear my fake phone call. So then I had to text him anyway that I needed to go home and do some work. And then he's like, oh man, I wish I had known. I would have given you a proper goodbye. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. I hate it. Oh, it means and then, a smooch. Ugh, gross. Also, he was like in an open relationship and... Oh. I was like, you big dumb ginger who smells like a dish rag. How do you already have one person who's okay with that and you're <laughs> looking to get another one? Ugh. Uh, he was so gross. And then this other guy. Wait, okay. Before we move on to this, I just want to say, I think what you need to do is have your alibi be true. Maybe. Because then you won't be lying. <laughs> yes. Because then you could just like actually make plans with someone for an hour after the date starts. Mm-hmm. And then if the date's going well, text your friend and be like, I need you to blow me off. Uh, and then have your friend be like, cancel on you. That's smart. That's so smart. Well, one date I went on, I scheduled a show for after. Okay, So I was yeah. like, I have to go. I have a show. But then it was going so well that it was like abrupt. Well, if it's going well, they'd be like, do you want to come to the show? And well, then, see, I didn't then want... you hit hit him with the razzle dazzle. <laughs> but then it's like, <laughs> then I would have to think about like, oh, I got to change this single joke where I'm like, I'm a garbage monster and I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah, do that. You got to do all your jokes about how you're the best in the world <laughs> of blowjobs. wonderful at sucking your dick. <laughs> and the crowd's like, there's no joke. And I'm like, I'm just announcing it. <laughs> Who here is good at sucking dick? Is it just is me? Is it just me in this room? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> the second time I lied. So I matched with this guy who looked fine. And I said, do you want to hook up? And Because I was real horny. And he was like, 
no, I need to go out with someone first. And I was like, ugh, fine. What do you want to do? He was like, either you can come over and we can have wine or we can uh, go to a bar. And I was like, wine. And he's like, can we go out to a bar? And I was like, ugh, all right. So I meet him at Good Luck Bar and he is so boring. He's like a server at Denny's and he's like, I'm just really trying to break into television. And I was like, oh boy. I don't want to date anybody with dreams. I want people <laughs> to be living their dreams. Yeah. And he just like talked a lot about himself and he like wouldn't let me speak. And then when he finally let me speak, he was like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. And he's like, yeah, but like, what do you do for money? And I was like, oh, I make money doing comedy. And he's like, yeah, right. And I was like, all right, cool. Oh, very my God. Very cool. And then uh, his nails were very long. Have you ever seen Interview with a Vampire? No. Ugh, no one has. Their nails are very long and oval-like, uh, and that's what his are like, and they creep me the fuck out, and all I can think of is, like, if that man fingers me, he's going to rip me up. See, aren't you glad that you went out? So glad that I didn't just yeah. go to his house and get those creepy little finger fangs near me. Ugh. Yeah. And then he came out of the, so he goes to the bathroom, comes back out, and he's like, all right, do you, like, want to get out of here? And I was like, ooh, no, actually, I have a flight tomorrow. And he was like, what? And I was like, I forgot to say that I have a very early flight. And it's true, I did have a flight. It was just at noon. But, <laughs> but <I> that's, was... <laughs> early is relative. Yeah, who knows? So then... It takes a long time to get to LAX. It does. It's terrible. There's security. The TSA is awful. So then uh, he like walks me out to my car, hugs me harder than I've ever been hugged by a stranger, and whispered in my ear, let me know when you're back. And I was like, okay. And then as I was getting into my car, I got a Tinder alert, and he had said the same thing on Tinder. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't want uh... this. And then I just never messaged him again. And then he messaged me a couple weeks after. I was like, I know who you are. You're Nicole Byer. A couple of my writer friends know who you are. And I was like, okay. Ooh, that's not bye a bye. comforting sexual message. No, it was very, very uh, strange and that's the thing almost that like I, threatening. Yeah. I One thing I really didn't like about online dating, especially when I like lived in San Francisco, for some reason it was creepier to me then than it was in like New York or LA, was like there were definitely a few guys who like would message me who I didn't want to go out with who I just wouldn't mm -hmm. write back to and like at least once one of them started coming to shows and it's like oh fuck my entire calendar is online like you I am oh, so easy to shit. stop that is the thing about it that's like a little terrifying that is to be is like scary we're yeah. going to talk more about tinder and dating but we got to take a break <laughs> Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. 
With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh boy, a lot of us have been feeling the sting of being socially distanced for months now, compounded by the prospects of being crammed inside during the cold months and the craziness of the upcoming election, which might be done already, but who knows? We gotta have some self-care. Feel Good Filth is kink-positive erotic role plays for people who like that. So a lot of people use imagination and it's a huge role in arousal. So Feel Good Filth creates immersive kinky audio role plays that allow your body and your mind to let go so you can take an active role in the fantasy. And unlike mainstream porn, the action is entirely focused on your pleasure. All audios are clearly tagged so you can safely find a scene tailor-made for your kinks. There are no visuals, so no need to focus on the bodies of others. You can participate as your own beautiful self. No need to compare. 
Feel Good Filth is made with a 100% shame-free guarantee. Sex and kinks make us who we are, so let's proudly let those freak flags fly. Visit feelgoodfilth.com slash for a free premium audio care package and see where you can get the best deals on their hottest stuff. All of the spice of a hookup without the need for potential contact tracing. 30 million people are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you're among them, just know you are not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of people have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 68% of people reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support my show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code DATEME and new customers get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code DATEME. So do you do you have a website? Uh, I have like a Tumblr page. I like I have a URL that just redirects to my Tumblr, but my Mm -hmm. Tumblr has like my calendar on it. Yeah, Yeah. that is. I never even thought of that with online dating, that it's so easy to be like, I know this woman. I know her first name. I have found her social media. And now I know where she's going to be most of the week. Yeah. Also, it's like, I mean, I'm sure there are a bunch of comedians named Emily and L.A., but in San Francisco Mm -hmm. at the time, it was like a pretty small scene. So it was really easy for people to find out who i was Oof, that's scary yeah it was a little scary i like the one there was like one time when i had someone pretend to be my boyfriend at mm-hmm. a show but then i was like but i'm still on okay cupid he can see me <laughs> like what am i doing he's like that's not true yeah she doesn't have a boyfriend yeah Ugh, that's i haven't had any creepers at my shows uh, I'm trying to think. Just a man recently who cheered for rape, and that so, yes. was nuts. Oh god! And I didn't even think twice about it till this girl, uh, she like tweeted about it, and I was like, "Oh, I guess that was wild." I have a joke about how a man on Tinder was like, "What are you, black, Puerto Rican, Mexican, or whatever?" And then I was like, "Black," and he's like, "Whatever." That was my indifference. And then I was like, "Well, what are you, white, rapey, white, privileged white, or uh, white trash?" And then he was like, "Rapey white." And it's the most fun because people don't see it coming. And I was like, "That's insane. That's a crazy thing." And when I said that chunk, this man roared with like just like happiness. He was like, "Ah!" And I was like, "Whoa! What you a think crazy this is reaction. too funny?" Yeah. When I bring up rape, I need to like add to it for it to be funny. Yeah. And I, it was just so, we're living in the strangest time right now. It is the, it's a really weird fucking time right now. It's a fucking shit show. I I want a boyfriend, but I don't like men right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, it is really fucking hard to find someone who like gets it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's so much working against you finding someone. Yeah. I, 
it's like, uh, first of all, like, okay, all of the factors working against you finding someone who's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, most men are garbage. Uh, <laughs> there's that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, most men have no vested interest in feminism. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Most men are trained to not want relationships, whereas women are trained to want relationships. So- Which is so annoying it's annoying because it already narrows the number of men that Mm -hmm. we're all fucking competing for um and then what else like most relationships kind of skew like older like older men with younger women yes and anyway just all of those things add up to it's really really hard to find someone who's like a decent guy Mm -hmm. and uh yeah And then adding on top of that, that, like, you're a very charismatic person. I'm just so loud. (laughs) Well, but it's also, it's like, you're a very charismatic person, so not a lot of people are going to live up to your standards. Yes. I'm constantly lowering my standards. I constantly look at men and go, I can deal with this. I can can define the good in this person. I mean... There's a lot of ugly men that I've slept with because I was like, I mean, it might be better. Maybe your personality is good. Well, and being horny is a cool thing. Oh, being horny. I've been horny for maybe a full year. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I definitely, like, before me and my boyfriend started dating, I was basically single for seven years. Mm-hmm. And I... By the time I met him, I was at a point where I was like, I really, I learned how to do it well. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, I like myself. I like my brain. I like what's happening in my life. And if I end up single again, I'll be okay with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it was like, or I'm going to be single forever because it's been seven (laughs) years and I haven't found anyone that I like. And... So it's it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> Truly. Did you know that you liked your boyfriend? Like, when did you know that you were like, I want to be in this for a while? I mean, it was pretty early on. I don't know if I am, like, more or less romantic, but I am pretty, like, calculating a little bit in relationships because... I don't really like, I'm a super cautious person in my life. I have a lot of anxiety. I kind of think things through to their like conclusions. I also don't let myself get strung along by people. Mm -hmm. So like I don't get into a lot of messy situations. Like the second something is messy, I'm out. So for me with my boyfriend, it was the fact that like pretty early on, I could tell that there weren't that many things that could go wrong Mm -hmm. aside from just the basic normal ones like he didn't seem to be hung up on anyone he didn't want kids which i also don't want he was easy to talk to he seemed into me he's read more feminist theory than i have like it was like pretty early on i was like oh i think this could go somewhere and that is what let me like I kind of feel like I do that analysis before I let myself start feeling stuff for Mm -hmm. someone, especially when it's like starting from online dating where you really are starting at like zero. There's no like rapport. There's no – there's rarely is there like a ton of chemistry with someone you've just met. 
you kind of have to choose to be open to what someone's offering you and to think about it, like go it, you're going in kind of blind. And with him, it was like, I have enough information to figure out like, this is basically like, from what I've learned about myself and what I know that I want and what I know that I don't want, like, this is someone who is like, has a lot of the things that I'm looking for, doesn't possess some of the qualities that my exes have had that I know don't work for me. But mm-hmm. then he he also like made some, like we started dating in August and my birthday was in October. And he was like, we should go to Disneyland for your birthday or something fun like that. And I was like, oh my God, he's not afraid of me knowing that he likes me. And he also Aww. likes me. And it was like, and later on, like when we had been dating for a, a lot longer, he told me he was like, yeah, I wanted you to know that I was okay, like, that I liked you. like so sweet. I wanted to do that because I wanted you to know that, like, yeah, I'm, like, ready for this. Um, And so (sighs) it was, like, a nice thing. But it was, like, he and I are both very, like, practical people Mm -hmm. and, like, realistic people. We're not, like, crazy emotional or, like, I don't know. I I feel like I have a lot of friends who get into, like, really tumultuous relationships, and that's Mm -hmm. never been me. I've always been very, like, first sign of drama i'm usually out um and like i don't put up with bullshit um and so yeah for that also i like that he was also kind of like that so our relationship hasn't been super dramatic or anything Mm -hmm. it was very like okay so we agree (laughs) on these key the, the key premise of of what a relationship is and i am i don't think i like drama but a man can be like, hey, Nicole, I don't like you. And I'd go, but maybe you will tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm like that. I yeah. don't. I mean, I, I definitely, remember. I used to be really like, okay with being kind of strung along because mm-hmm. I was like, I was young and I was like, I don't know if I even want a boyfriend. So I'll just act like your girlfriend and be okay with the fact that mm-hmm. you just say you don't want a girlfriend, but you're making me do all the things a girlfriend would do, but still be fucking other people. And I would just kind of like, I would explain it to myself in a way that was okay. And then I don't know what happened. Something switched. It was like, I got into another one of those situations where a guy was stringing me along and I couldn't tell what was happening and we were like flirting a lot. And then he was just like, I just don't think I'm like ready to be in a relationship right now. And it was the for the first like in the past, I'd been like, that's OK. I don't think mm-hmm. I want one either. Like we can just keep sleeping together. Like and then this time I was just like, I think I was like, you know, maybe like 28 or something. And I was just like, oh, bye. <laughs> I just got too old for this. <laughs> I don't know, like, I guess it happened yesterday, but I am too old for this now. I think I'm finally too old. No, I'm not. I was just chasing this man. I like this dude. We had dated for a little bit in the summer, and then he, like, drifted away, and then I, like, would just, like, keep texting him, and then we would text a bunch, and then it would stop, and then I would text him again, and we would text a bunch, and then finally I was, like, very drunk. I was, this was... Last Sunday, I was very drunk at Mickey's in West Hollywood, and the shot boy just kept bringing us shots, and what was his name? Javier? I don't know. He was very, very sweet, and I was like, I'm having boy trouble, and I like told him the situation. He was like, you need to tell him how you feel. If you tell him how he how you feel and he doesn't respond, that's your answer. Or if you yeah. tell him how he, how you feel and he responds with something you don't want to hear, that's also your answer. He's like, you just need to just get it out 
and you'll know. And I was yeah. like, you're right. So I was very drunk. And also I was like blacked out by 8 p.m. <laughs> and he was like, so I like messaged him. I was like, I've been thinking about you. Um, if you're not feeling the same way, then like, let me know. So like I can stop texting. And he's like, well, I started seeing someone else. So like, if you're looking for something romantic, maybe it's best to like part ways. And I was like, that's not the answer I wanted, but yeah. I have the answer. But you have now, the answer and now you can move and on. I can, Move on, but uh, still obsessively look at his Instagram that he doesn't update. Oh, yeah. It's well, you're never going to stop doing that. Very annoying. I will say when I was in college, I was dating this guy and I was like crazy about him. And we've been dating for like a month. And then he started to get kind of like freaked out about it. And he basically like kind of like didn't break up with me, but he was like, I have feelings for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I was really like torn up about it and I was like but he's not breaking up with me and what we have is so good and I was talking to my sister about it and my sister was like Emily you deserve to be with someone who knows he wants to be with you mm. and I was like I do and so the next day I told him I was like I deserve to be with someone who knows they want to be with me mm -hmm. if you figure out that's you let me know and then like five months later or something we got back together and he apparently tried to get back together with me before that and uh -huh. I, I was just like too much of a bitch to him. i was just like you are jerking <laughs> no! me around i was like still no! like i was still very whitney houston about it and so uh. he was like i don't want to jerk her around but then it was like when we got back together we were like see we dated for another like two years and mm -hmm. it was like oh and it was like kind of on my terms because he knew that like i wasn't gonna settle for any wishy-washy uh. and i will say like I've had a few other situations with guys where, like, they like me, they want to know that I like them, mm -hmm. and they want to, like, get the, like, ego satisfaction of, like, knowing I would hook up with them, but they don't want to, like, actually be with me or whatever. And, like, every time that I've been in that situation and I've said, you know, like, I deserve to be with mm -hmm. someone who knows they want to be with me, let me know if you figure out that's you, they all have eventually come back and said that. Really? Yeah. And it's, I've never taken them up on it uh, after that first time. But I will say, it's like, even if it doesn't work, it's a good thing to believe. It is a good thing to believe. And this is great that we're talking about it because I think I'm going to like hold that in my heart that I, because I feel like people have said it to me, but then they haven't been like, and I put this into practice. Because yeah. people have said, Nicole, you deserve to be with someone who wants to be with you. But no one's like, like I did. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, the other thing, too, is it's like I was single for a long time, probably as a result mm -hmm. of it, because I wouldn't put up with, uh, you know, like wishy-washy bullshit. But at the same time, it's like, but I like being single more than most people. So I'm like, I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of times the advice that I give people, very <laughs> few people follow it because you have nope, to like. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but <laughs> so I have no, no illusion that you are going to change your life with it. But I do think that like that's something that has been kind of a mantra with me and mm -hmm. it's I don't think it's steered me wrong you know? I don't think so either you're in a nice loving relationship and it's a healthy self-esteem thing to be like any person who wants to be with me should want to be with me yeah I spend a lot of time and waste a lot of energy and a lot of my money talking to a therapist about how I'm chasing a man or like I like this guy but he did this awful thing to me but I think I can forgive him because of X, Y, and Z. And she's just like, 
it's talk therapy, so she's not going to ever be like, that's insane, that's wrong. She'll just be like, well, why do you you want to forgive him? And then sometimes I feel like in therapy I talk myself into being like, I'm okay, this behavior's okay, until like a month later I'll be like, oh, now I understand why it's bad and wrong. I'm sorry, Mary. She's like, don't (laughs) apologize to me, it's your life. I'm like, okay, Mary. I also think, and this is something that I like try to talk about on stage as much as I can. I definitely talked about it when I was single and I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do it now that I'm in a relationship. But that like, I spent so long when I was single thinking like, I just don't want a boyfriend. I just want a boyfriend without thinking about the fact that like a boyfriend isn't the end of loneliness. It's not the mm. end of unhappiness. It's not the end of you like not liking yourself. Like any problems you have when you're single, you will still have when you're in a relationship. And like I like I'm in a happy relationship, but I still get lonely. I still get sad. Like I still get frustrated. Like I'm just not as horny. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But like. Oh, I know. (laughs) I'm dying not to be horny. I mean, that's like honestly the only thing you can count on changing in a relationship. But I, I just feel like. We need to stop selling relationships as the answer to a problem of being single. Mm-hmm. It's They're both different ways of living your life that have advantages and disadvantages and being in a relationship. There's no point at which it's, it magically stops being work. You mm-hmm. feel like it's going to be a relief of the work of looking for someone, but it's like, no, it's like it's the work of like being with another person and making room for someone else in your life Mm -hmm. and like there are tangible things that you give up to make that happen and like Like what i I mean like your independence oh yeah i guess there's someone always there i mean and for me it's like you know i love my boyfriend we live together it's great etc in a great place yeah but it's like okay if we're ever like fighting i'm not gonna pretend like we don't fight my brain is thinking about that for an hour. It's not mm-hmm. thinking about jokes. It's not thinking about my pilot script. It's thinking about the fight I'm in with my boyfriend because he matters to me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember reaching this point when I was single where I was like, holy fuck, I'm spending so much time alone in my brain. I'm thinking of such cool shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and at the beginning of a relationship uh-huh. for the first year, I'm like, it's him, him, him all day, every day. That's what's in my brain. There's nothing else there. Uh, <laughs> And it's like, that kind of sucks. Like, I I would say that's like a tangible thing that I gave up. Like, thinking about him takes up, you know, your relationship takes time and energy. And, like, you have to care about someone else's needs. And Mm -hmm. there's some cool, really cool shit about being single that I wish people appreciated more. I do enjoy my independence. I do enjoy that I can pick up and leave and go wherever I want and not have to be like, hey, I'm going to go do this. You want to come? Yeah. You want to come and I'll wait for you on the other side because you don't have TSA (laughs) (laughs) pre-check? That's very funny and I've seen that happen to couples and I enjoy it every time I watch it where they like hug and then it's like, I'm just going TSA pre-check. And then she like zip zips and then uh, he's just like waving at her, (laughs) just waiting. I also, I can't fathom someone in my bed. I do things at night. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I eat treats in bed. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I, and, there's uh, like a definitely a lot of gross stuff that I've had to stop doing now that me and my boyfriend <laughs> live together. <laughs> things I, where it's like, he'll just ask a question in a way where I'm like, oh, I'm gross. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do gross things too. And I'm like... Like, when I'm alone, I have a roommate, but when he's not there, 
I don't use silverware. I use my <laughs> mouth to this cut things. This you've told me before, and that is not normal. <laughs> I'm going to shame you about this because I think you need to experience I, the shame. I, you know yeah. it's not normal. I know. What? So you just eat with your hands? Yep. I eat with my hands. I'll cut things with my mouth and like spit it into my hand and then eat it. Why is that easier than using a knife <laughs> because, and fork? Because then I don't have to wash anything. Nicole! <laughs> I know. I'm nasty. I feel like you can... You don't have a dishwasher? No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just don't want to like dirty anything that I don't need to dirty. But you're dirtying your hands. Yeah, but then you just like kind of wash them. Or you... Yeah, but that's what you would do with the silverware. <laughs> it doesn't take less time to wash your hands than it does to wash a fork. I know. I, I think it's just a... I don't. The older I get, the weirder I get with how I eat food. I yeah. eat most of my food with my fingers. Man, it's gross, and I know it's gross, and I apologize all the I'm time. I'm just trying to picture what kind of food you're talking about. Salad. I eat salad salads with, with my your finger. fingers. I'll pull out all the chicken or like the tomatoes and the cucumber, and then sometimes I'll eat the. Le- I'll dip. So, I'll pick the lettuce and dip it in dressing and eat it. What's crazy about this to me is like the whole point of putting things like chicken and tomatoes <laughs> on salad is to like trick you into eating the lettuce in the same bite with it. And you're just ruining that and just you're picking all the good stuff out and then you're uh-huh. just left with lettuce that you just have to eat uh-huh. as lettuce. Uh-huh. That's so stupid. It I'm is, sorry. It is very stupid because then I get mad at all the lettuce at the bottom. Yeah. You're supposed to mix it up. I didn't even think of it like that. I guess this, you got I mean sometimes I'll take bites with the lettuce. <laughs> yeah, the way I eat is so gross. <laughs> And I feel at restaurants, I'm very conscious of it. And I yeah. go, use your fucking knife. <laughs> but it's not, you're but like, it's not breathe natural in, breathe for out. me. I'm like, okay, I have to do this. I'd rather just like pick things. At a restaurant, you don't have to wash the silverware. I know. So it's not about <laughs> but that. But I feel bad. Somebody has to. Yeah, but they're going to wash it regardless. I guess. I guess I just really like using my hands. Yeah. Like, there's nothing better than sticking a little fingy and some mashed potatoes and taking a little dollop. Oh, man. I'm gro- Like, I'm not grossed out by <laughs> the idea of you doing that, but, like, thinking about me doing that, I'm like, oh, well, now I have to wipe my hand off. No, but you – it's in your mouth. So the, <laughs> your no, mouth, but it's like – because then it's wet and then I'm uncomfortable it. with it being wet. Your mouth cleaned it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why are you single? Is it because people can hear this podcast? (laughs) Maybe they're like, oh, she's disgusting. Emily, I have a question. Okay. We are we are friends and we're not in a place where we would date. But if we were in a place and we're attracted to each other, would you date me? Like if I was attracted to you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ooh. But like Wait, okay, let me think about this. Okay. Because I think you do have some qualities that, like, possibly my ex-boyfriends have had that have ruled me out, ruled them out as, like, like things where I'm like, I've tried that, it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, are you, like, you're slightly irresponsible. I think that's safe to say. I left my car door open today (laughs) in the garage. Yeah, see... I don't think I could hang with that anymore (laughs) at this point in my life. I think what would happen is, and this happened with an ex of mine, is like, I would just scold you so much Mm -hmm. that you would hate me. Mm. And uh, 
you would not act spontaneous and fun around me anymore. And we would grow to despise each other. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's someone out there for you, but it's not me. I need to be with someone who's like gonna, I don't know. Are you late to stuff? All the time. Yeah, I don't think I could hang with that. Okay. I'm like, I'm like a little bit late, but like people who are late consistently, I can't date. All right. Yeah. But I would want to date you and then I would know it was a bad idea and I wouldn't (laughs) let myself fall in love with you. All right. I'll take it. But your house is really cool. So that might prolong the time between when we started dating and when I broke up with you. (laughs) Here's another weird thing about dating. I have to like time out when I'll bring a boy to my house. Oh, why? Well, one, I don't want bad juju in my house. I don't want to like if we go on like if we date for a month. And then I bring him over to my house, and then we like just stop dating. Then I'll be sad. Yeah, and I brought sadness into my happy place. Yeah, because my house makes me really happy. I don't think that's good. Your house is going to stop making you really happy. I don't know. It might if I keep bringing dudes into it. I I feel like it's like how you don't want to keep introducing a child to your many boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your house—I don't know. My house I think, is my baby. I think you can cleanse your house of that kind of energy if you believe in it. I had a. <laughs> Uh, an apartment before me and my boyfriend moved in together I had like my first ever apartment that was just me living there mm-hmm. and I loved it so much and every dude I brought there other than my boyfriend was absolute trash and it didn't make me love the apartment any less but then you moved out of it but then I did move out of it, and I was genuinely sad too oh okay that yeah. was a good apartment it was a good apartment. it was a great location it was a good size it had it was like Small but had really high ceilings mm-hmm. and it felt big and it was just it was like nice. it was nice. And no amount of dumb boys could ruin it. I read a book that I really liked that really changed the way I thought about relationships that was called The Course of Love mm-hmm. by Elaine de Vaton. And, you know, as with all work produced by men, I just hope that. We haven't found out he's a serial sexual predator between now and when this podcast is released. Oh, boy. Um, But it's like a very strong argument for uh, realistic expectations in relationships and for examining where your ideas about relationships come from. Mm Because one thing that I realized about myself is that like a lot of my ideas about what a relationship should be or should feel like or should look like come from movies. And absolutely no movie is written with an eye toward, like, perfectly representing reality. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, most of the movies that deal with romance, they're interested in telling a story and not with dealing with the mundanity of, like, doing the work of being in a good relationship. And most stories that we tell about relationships are about getting into them and not sustaining them. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like, compatibility is not a prerequisite for a relationship. It's an accomplishment of a relationship. Ah. Is like was my big takeaway from that book. Is like mm-hmm. you you shouldn't be looking for the person who has all of the requirements that you're looking for, who's going to perfectly satisfy all your needs. What you should look for is someone who you're willing who you like enough, who likes you enough, who you have enough of the same goals in common that you're willing to work toward being compatible with each other. Mm. So you're willing to work toward their damage and they're willing to work toward your damage. Like everyone's damaged. Everyone's got some fucked up thing Mm -hmm. about them. It's a matter of like finding someone who's got 
fucked upness that works with your fucked upness that you're willing to like work on your fucked upness for. <laughs> I hope fucked upness goes in the dictionary this year. <laughs> it is a great word. We all know it's going to be Kofifi. <laughs> oh, Kofifi. He deleted that tweet, right? I don't Isn't know. Is he not allowed to delete tweets? Whatever. He's a nightmare. He's the worst person alive. Oh, boy. <sighs> well. Uh, maybe he'll be impeached by the time this comes out. I hope so. But I, I don't so think too. he will. I think he'll do a second term. If he is, everybody's getting fucked that night. <laughs> Who wants to, I hope. <laughs> After the election, my Tinder blew up. Like, really? Very much. Ooh, and with, I was like, with white guilt or yes, what? I think so. Wow. It was just like a bunch of white guys that were like, I'm so sorry this happened. Maybe if I fuck her, I will feel better. Oh, I hope you cashed <laughs> in on that. I did not. You didn't did get not, that? You didn't get no, that? No, I, the older I get, the less I'm like, I don't want one night stands anymore. <gasps> oh, another interesting thing about the OkCupid blog, they did one about age okay. and about like, what people, what age people say they're interested in versus who they actually message. They compared mm-hmm. that data. They found that like men consistently message at the lowest possible age Ugh. of what they say they're interested uh-huh. in. And with women, there was an interesting thing where at the age of 27, there's a slight spike in – like when women are 27, there's a slight spike in them messaging younger men. Oh. And then at 28, a big spike in them messaging <laughs> older men. So between, like, Fuck this. between 27 and 28 is when women give up on younger men. Oh, that's that so 28 is the age when funny. you're like, I'm too old for this shit. I hit that late. I hit that at thir- uh, 30. Yeah. At 30, I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm done yeah. with these men. And now at 31, I've gone lower. I've been like, you know what? Maybe I gave up too soon on on the young men. Maybe there's a good 22-year-old out there. I can't even say that in a normal way because I know there isn't a good 22-year-old man out there for me. I feel like with you, here's what I see happening. Mm -hmm. I think think you're going to meet someone in real life. Okay. I think you're either going to meet someone in real life who you like work with or something who you have like an undeniable connection because I don't think what's attractive about you could possibly come through on a dating website. Mm. But then I also think it's either going to be that or it's going to be a fan. You think? Yeah. I feel like that's what you need. It's like you you need someone to date you, a fan. Yeah. But they can't be creepy. Yeah. Someone who's like respects your boundaries and you know, just thinks you're really like cool and funny and already knows what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like obviously you are a fat black woman. People are going to, people are going to come at you with a lot of preconceived notions about all three of those things. Mm -hmm. And you're up against a lot. I think that's an honest thing to say, right? Like, yes, you're the second person to say that. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you got a lot on your shoulders. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, the data shows. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And data, data don't lie. So I just feel like, yeah, you would be better off with someone who knows you. I think you're right. I think it's uh, easier for someone who knows me than like coming in cold and being like, I'm a lot. Hello. <laughs> Because I know I'm a lot. Although lately I've been trying to like actually go on dates with people and not just sleep with them. I, on the way to the date, just uh, tell myself, I'm like, just bring it down. Just bring it down. Just Just bring it down. Just bring it down a little bit. (laughs) And then when I went out with that man who was little with the stutter, 
I woke up from a nap and was like, I don't want to go on a date. And then Milheiser, his my roommate's boyfriend, was like, you should go. You should go on that date. You yeah. never know. And then he looked at his pictures and he's like, Nicole, he could be so cute and funny. And I was like, you're right. I'll go. And I got there and was like, I was right. <laughs> I should have kept sleeping. Yeah, but you wouldn't have known that you were right. You're right. You're right. I would never have known. Yeah. I think the problem when you are like, the problem is like, it's such a time investment to just like see what's out there Mm -hmm. that when you're a busy person, you're like, I can't (laughs) afford this. The opportunity cost is too high. I was like, I wasted either just having a real early sleep into the next day. (laughs) I wasted that because I had worked all week and I was like, that would have been delicious. Yeah. It would have been so nice to go to sleep at eight and wake up at uh, the the next day. The busier I get or like the busier I got when I was single, the more I would resent bad dates. Because yeah. I would be like, I had one night <laughs> and I spent it with you fucking I spent it with you, you fucking boring, idiot. Boring loser. Ugh, so boring. What do you hate? Injustice. Soup is bad and I hate it. Emily, do you have anything that you want to plug? Okay. Um, I have a podcast called Baby Geniuses and I might be on tour right now. I'm recording a new album in Portland in, in January. So come to that if you live in Portland. And in general, I have an album called Good for her on Kill Rock Stars. And it's very funny. Emily Heller is one of the funniest people I know. She's like a fucking monster when it comes to writing jokes, and it's a delicious delight. Aww, Where are you recording you. your album in Portland? Um, I think at the Curious Comedy Theater. We're still pinning down the dates. It could okay. all fall apart between now and when this is released. So if you're listening and you like listening to Emily, go to her website. Yeah. Just Google Emily Heller. Just Google Emily Heller. Don't go to EmilyHeller.com. Super easy to Google people. Yeah. I'm Uh, (laughs) I'm at Mr. Emily Heller on all platforms. Which is very funny. Because she a miss? I don't know. I'm a miss. Whatever. Who knows what fucking. I'm a doctor. I'm not really a doctor. When I go to hotels, I tell them I'm a doctor. Or I say uh, Nicole Byer the (laughs) third. Which is so dumb. And I just like to do that. But if you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. And if you write it, please write a comment. And if you write a comment where you hit on me, I'll read it. Here's an example. Nicole Byer, your booty's so fat, I just want to slap it so it bounces to the moon and back. Or, uh, ooh. Is that a compliment? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's a compliment. Yeah, okay. Somebody wants to slap my butt to the moon and back. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I want to... I want to go cave diving right in your pussy. Uh, Here's another one. Usually I read them, but I haven't gotten any good ones lately. Uh, So here's another one. Ooh, girl, I want to drive all over you like you the road. That's crazy. That's bad. That's bad. If you get one just as bad, I'll read it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.